This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, what I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. I hope everybody's having a great week. I know I am. I, you know, just come off the cuffs of celebrating my 10th anniversary of my design firm and everything that came along with it, including this show and the ACMG brand alone. And I just want to give, uh, Thanks to everybody who took the time out to, you know, congratulate me and, you know, just have some kind words to me, especially. It just means a lot to me that I was able to get through this. And trust me, this is something that I worked hard on from a standpoint of one of the prime things that I wanted to make sure about doing everything that I've done is to make sure that all the hard work that my mother has done to get me where I am today has not gone in vain. Um, Truth be told, she she went through a lot. She and I put her through a lot during my teen years. It was some rough years uh, that we went through, and I was like not the angel of a kid in the world. And I went through a lot of things and dealt with a lot of bad things and put her through some things. And she had enough faith for me to keep going and, and know that I had a talent and I had a gift and I you know I had a way of getting to do something special and you know when she passed away the irony of it all is that she never got a chance to see that you know and I had just vowed to make sure that you know keep our name in check you know keep the Martin and the Chiefs name in check here when it comes to my initial family here and you know actually put some value in it 
to some to some respect and i feel like i'm doing that and continuing to do that so it really means a lot that i was able to do this and be able to do what i'm doing right now not just to show but working with people and their dreams to pursue their careers and whatnot and again i made a whole video about it. it's about luck a little over 11 minutes uh you know just culminating the years that i've done this and you can check that out at my initial uh website at vfisad.com uh the tumblr community you can also see it on air as well because i posted it on there and it just it's just me first of all the other cool part is too you get to see the actual office where i do this show so you can see everything here all the cool you know uh you know geek uh gimmicks that i have in here whatnot and stuff like that and it's it's um this room this this studio this office of mine has seen some really great things has experienced some really great things and if you you know you've a lot of you have seen some of it you know through the repop metaverse panels or my interviews or whatnot and just it, it the video itself is just saying you know if i could do it you could do it too you know it, it and just gives you a bit of reality of what to expect when you do stuff and you know it just it just runs it down right there so but again thank you everybody for that i really appreciate it and especially you know my wife who really helped me through and get me through a lot of this and a lot of the reasons uh is part of the reason something uh, i got some guests on the show too you know she was my partner in crime in some of the uh times that i was you know seeking out people so you know much love to her as well but i digress we got some big things to talk about this week. It's not that much news going on this week, but um, there's some things going on this week that is it's coming. Uh, this is actually, believe it or not, it you know hasn't been hyped up like it normally has because of uh, the pandemic and COVID. But this is the the road to San Diego Comic Con week. Now, even though they're not having it, um, you know, in person they're doing their virtual at home edition again so we're going to talk about that we uh i got to talk about i don't talk about the arrowverse as much and i want to talk about that significantly because of the appearances of diggle so i want to talk about that as well but we the biggest focus for this episode is going to be two things it's going to be talking about the low-key season finale which is something that everybody's been talking about this week and then on our talk topic of the week we got to talk space jam a new legacy did king james dethrone mj with this with their version of the movie so we're going to talk about all that man because ah this this just epic all week along with this so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg so i want to start off talking about the arrowverse i don't get a chance to talk about it, or i don't make the chance to talk about it as much um because it's just it to me it's just going through the motions there's nothing really huge going on in in that respect except for maybe flash lately because they're doing um the speedster storylines again and uh, finally godspeed is like the main focus this time whenever they had godspeed come on the show in the past he was kind of like in wrestling terms a jobber they really didn't make a big deal out of him. But in this case, they finally have put more focus on him and how the these Legion of Godspeeds are affecting the times, uh, 
the speed force or whatnot so i really dig that they brought nora back they got um impulse in they debuted impulse i thought you know the, the uh, actor who played impulse is awesome um so we got a whole deal J uh jay garrick is back so that's awesome they even brought cisco back like even though he had his his goodbye episode they kind of they they pulled the wool over us and brought him back so i, I dug that as well but what's been really significantly happened and the seeds have been planted within the Arrowverse is that diggle from arrow has been making major appearances on uh flash on uh he on legends of tomorrow he well he wasn't exactly on legends of tomorrow but a variant or a version of him his ancestor was uh, appeared on uh legends of tomorrow um what else was he on he was just about he was virtually on every single show uh he was even on bat uh batwoman he started off there and then ended up in legends of tomorrow and then lo and behold he was in uh the flash and surprisingly and this is really i think this is the biggest one of all he appeared on superman and lois and why that one to me was significant and important is because they finally connected that show to all of the arrowverse and when you first watch superman and lois you don't exactly know what's going on because you remember prices on infinite earth happened so a lot of things have changed i know they kind of you know assimilated everything together so now every earth the earth that uh kara was in is now part of the earth that you know arrow and all of those and, and everyone is in um I, it, with the exception i think black dynamite i'm not black dynamite black uh lightning I, but i'm pretty sure i mean jefferson was aware because he was connected with that universe but i believe he was from another earth but when they came back i don't know if they tied them together in a, in a case but um you know they ended the black lightning series before we ever got to see any connections of diggle or anything coming in which would have been awesome to have diggle be a part of that and i'm that's my only disappointment to this but seeing him in superman and lois absolutely finally connects the shows together because it just felt like it was going in a direction um where we didn't know whether this was another earth or another part of a multiverse that they were doing so no and in fact is and you know what else that means too it means that the lex luthor that's on supergirl is also still the lex luthor that's going to be uh that's in super uh Lo superman and lois so which means john crier could absolutely make an appearance and more than likely will make an appearance on superman and lois once supergirl is gone so that's was my biggest worry because john crier to me has been one of the best lex luthors i've seen in a while and there's been, there's a great list of lex luthors out there um gene hackman was the one that started it off he you know that that um richard donner version of lex luthor is just classic um from gene hackman uh then i mean there were the other ones as well one i forgot uh what's his name from uh superman returns that which we really don't even talk about anymore due to the circumstances um but john cry and then there's also um the one on uh, animated series uh that's as well that's also been uh really awesome so John Cryer comes in and he just he just kills it. I mean, this is not like this is not the two and a half men dude. <laughs> this is the polar opposite. 
And I thought this one was um, Clancy Brown, by the way, um, who played, who originally played Lex Luthor in an animated series. And I, honestly, Clancy Brown maybe rather rather live action or animated is probably maybe tied with John Cryer to me um, because he his portrayal of him was just phenomenal. I mean, it's it really really set the standards um, to what we were seeing with that. So. I really liked his, but John Cryer, man, he really turned it up and just really showed why this dude is a multi-time award-winning actor. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to seeing him on Superman and Lois, and that's what that'd be. But even furthermore, all these appearances of Diggle is just planting seeds and leading him into becoming Green Lantern, which is scheduled to come out on HBO Max. So the fact that they're heavily showing him in all these different areas and really establishing him just tells us that they're they're still going for, uh, very much forward with this series. And everybody was just worried whether they were going to cancel the series or not and, and whatnot because they canceled Black Lightning. Um, Supergirl is going. Uh, Swamp Thing canceled on the first season. So DC has been, and Warner Brothers, for that matter, has been really really flimsy with how they handle things uh constantine let's not even let's not forget that one too the first season of constantine got canceled that was good and that was it god for god's sakes do you realize that like supergirl almost got canceled well actually supergirl was canceled after the first season to that respect it should have in a sense because after the first season was not a great first impression when cvs picked it up and they tried to do it it was like okay here we go again we had nbc who already screwed up constantine because they wanted to do what they wanted to do with it and didn't let greg berlanti do what he what we know he could do to it so they canceled it cbs did the exact same thing had supergirl the first season sucked you could i mean the certain the, the first season can be summed up if you've seen the episode where red tornado's at because that was terrible <laughs> that alone made you know, if you look at that, the way they handled the Red Tornado character on the first season, it tells you how bad that season was. But after the, but when it came to the CW, night and day, like a total 180, they flipped the script, they added more to it, they had a great message to it, and it just, it's been the best thing since. Um, so it, it's been, it's been great. So it's good to know that they're still going ahead with the uh, Green Lantern series, which is going to be on HBO Max and I am so ready for it because seeing Diggle again, it just made me happy and he deserves to have his own story told. He's been he's been the, the voice of reason for uh, Team Arrow for years, you know, the voice of reason for everybody. And he's he once again was the voice of reason for all these episodes, too. So it's, it was incredible to see him this week. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I, more than likely, when that show comes out, I will absolutely review a couple episodes or maybe even the season afterwards to see how it goes but what the good part about it is that because it's on hbo max there are chances that greg berlanti will be able to take a little bit more liberties with the narrative and storyline with that like he did with titans because like on that platform and even on the dc universe platform at the time they were able to do things that they can never do and the and the uh and in network tv so I, I'm just very much looking forward to that. So that's awesome. So the other bit of news before we get to the Loki review is that we 
have San Diego Comic-Con coming this week. And I honestly, I swear to goodness, I actually almost forgot about this because they actually, um, they actually just haven't been promoting as much. People haven't been talking, you know, unfortunately, people haven't been talking about it as much. And a lot of the reason is, is because people, now that things are starting to clear up more with uh, COVID and the pandemic, we're still in the process of being completely, you know, clear of it. But there's this divide of things still going on. But I think the majority have been vaccinated right at this time. Um, they, you know, people are aching for some live appearances, some some uh, live events. I mean, if you watch like UFC, if you watch AEW and probably even WWE SmackDown this week, um, which started live crowds again, man, it is, if it, it feels so good to be seeing all, a real audience, a real live crowds and all these things and people actually having fun again and enjoying themselves. It, it's really awesome. So of course you definitely, if you're a fan of all things, anime, comics, movies, and games, you definitely want, you know, events like New York comic-con. And of course what I call at this time, the mecca of all things anime comics movies and games and that is san diego comic-con i still have to give them that moniker until i actually go to new york comic-con and i get it this first appearance of my new york comic-con will be basically my a smaller version of it but still i gotta see what the big deal is about and see if i can compare and contrast and much credit to you know repop they're actually going to be the first big event to go live this year so that's a big plus for them. But San Diego Comic-Con, uh, San Diego uh, Comic-Con International, I should say, decided to go virtual again this year. And to their credit, I think it's still at this time, it's a better idea because New York Comic-Con is coming out in October. And by then, things probably will change dramatically or, you know, to that effect. Uh, but right now, it's still up in the air. So they couldn't just be careless to reopen and rush and be desperate to just get people in and get money in they were very cautious and to their respect that is awesome so they are doing uh the san diego comic-con at home event again and from july 23rd till uh what is this july 23rd here at least 23rd to uh sunday 23rd to the 25th more than less uh, it will be, yeah, 23rd to the 25th. I'm on a website right now and they will be running a, like dozens, a horde of virtual panels again. And it's, it's, I mean, if you've been to San Diego comic-con before, you know, if you're tall, if you're, if, if you're, if, if you're a listener from the States, whether you're in the West coast or East coast, and you've been to San Diego comic-con, you usually know what to expect. They provide so many panels, and I mean live panels. It, I, and I say this every time whenever San Diego Comic Con comes, because I had a had the privilege, an opportunity, to be there on the twenty uh, for, uh, for 2014 and 2017. You know, it was, it was awesome that I was able to be there once, let alone twice. And if I haven't been there, I wouldn't be able to meet some of the guests that has been on the show. Mike Bo and Jeffrey Thorne is absolutely two of the people that i can uh, say that i met and got, uh, got on a show because of my you know uh coming with uh, you know meeting them at san diego comic-con um 
But on the 23rd and the 25th, there's going to be a enormous amount of panels going on. There's uh, just, just no shortage of panels here. I, I can't even run down everything that is going to be, you know, happening here. But I can say that it's going to kick off on um, and, and take note when I'm reading this here. I'm not sure if, there, if this is Easter Standard Time or Easter Digital Time or Pacific Standard Time. Um, the times listed are based on your current timelines, uh, time zones. Okay. So they did program this, they, they did, uh, design a website to, um, show as it appears in our actual timeline. So I'm on the East coast. I'm here in Philadelphia. So it's here on the 21st is going to kick off, which the 21st, which is, uh, that should be their preview night. 21st is going to be on a Wednesday. So they say the 23rd, but it's actually, and it's weird. This is the 21st here. On, on one of the programs but it actually says the 23rd so i'm not i'm a little bit not sure but it looks like it's going to kick off with the unmasking snake eyes gi joe origins panel uh so you're going to get a little bit of an insight of what's going to happen here which by the way next week also this week also uh snake eyes gi joe origins is coming to theaters so guess what i'm going to be reviewing next week so stay tuned for that early early uh spoiler there so it kicks off with that there's a whole horde of panels i can't even name them all i when it when it comes to figuring out what panels you got to go to whether see here's the here's the benefit of of the at home panels for you guys is that you can watch whatever you want whenever you want but it's a strategy when you go live because you can't make it to all these panels at least here for the virtual of it you'll be able to see everything that is happening at your leisure you can, that's not the case when you go live when you go live and i did a video i did a, a video for uh i i think in, uh, in 2014 i did a video explaining my experience uh which i should all i should put i should really put that um somewhere in the website because for those who've never been to san diego comic-con before it's not just going to san diego comic-con or even to that extent new york comic-con because i hear new york comic-con is very similar to that first of all Getting the tickets is murder. <laughs> getting getting badges for San Diego Comic Con and and um, New York Comic Con. I can only describe to you that it is a, the equivalent of everybody trying to get a GPU 3070, 3080, 3090, you know, for your computer for to do Bitcoin, whatever, or or just have better graphics in your gaming. Or it is like getting a PlayStation Five. That's how hard it is which is, I'm amazed that I got a PlayStation 5 <laughs> right now. But I, it, it really is, one, it's hard to get the badges, but when you finally get the badges, which, you know, God bless, congratulations to everybody who, every anybody who's ever got a badge from San Diego Comic-Con or New York Comic-Con, then you gotta figure out your strategy of what you're gonna do from Thursday, which is preview night, and then Friday is the initial day of what you're gonna be doing. So you, you get this, you get this book or you look online or you got the app that shows you all these shows that's going to be happening on there. And there are so many shows and some shows make, you know, counteract or, um, you know, with the same time frame as the other one. So you really got to pick and choose which show that you're going to, you know, see the most, which one are you going to, you know, check out. That's very hard to do because it may be like, all right, the family guy posts his hair. But then you got Jim Lee uh, panel at the same time as that. 
So, which is also, you got to travel. You got to literally walk from one, at, you know, place to another. And San Diego Comic-Con, San Diego Convention Center, I should say, is a metroplex. It is huge. It is ginormous. Like, the great part about it all is that entire facility is air-conditioned. But once you get outside in that dry heat, and God bless all every cosplayer out there, and I love the atmosphere and I love the look. Um, it's just amazing to see all of that. But it look and it because it, it looks like a. It reminds me of what I see in Tokyo, how crowded that is over there in Japan. It always reminds me of that. But they close out the entire, you know, they like the entire center city is closed out for San Diego Comic Con. That's how big it usually is. But. From getting to point a to point b sometimes could be a hassle but you got to strategize everything properly you got to make sure that you get it properly you can't you know you're not going to make it all but you're going to make sure that you make the best of the ones that you can and then on top of that you have to get there early you can't it's no guarantee that you're going to be able to get in that panel and if it's a very like hall h god hall h and ball, ballroom 20 is easier to get into hall h is not hall h people camp out there or they used to before uh, pre uh, covid you would camp out there for days prior to the time that you go in and then once you go in you don't come out and if you come out you may risk losing your spot <laughs> okay and that's where all the marvel stuff and all the you know at least that's what it used to be all the and that's the thing is this becoming i question what's going on here in accordance with what's been going on with e3 uh like Will Marvel come back? Or are they just doing D23 for now on and just saving it all for there? And I really hate this idea that all these other companies are now trying to do their own thing. I, I, it just takes the fun out of it. Like it, San Diego Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con, and what is the other one? Uh, in E3, it's like your one-stop shop for all your fandoms. Like E3 has like everything Capcom, everything Bandai Namco, everything playstation sony and everything at least it was same here like the marquee event for san diego comic-con is usually the marvel panel and that's what people you know really kind of camp out for because the marvel panels never disappoint it always gives you some amazing announcements some amazing trailers and i will tell you this what really really gave gave me the passion and hunt to want to go to san diego comic-con was the one year that low-key that Tom Hiddleston came out in Hall H and in full Loki garb and reprised himself as Loki in the crowd. He had the crowd in the palm of his hands. And I was like, I got to be here. I need to be here to experience that type of feeling. And trust me, if you go to San Diego Comic-Con, it is unlike anything you've ever been to before. It, it's that Disney World feeling. I mean, I... It cost me a lot of money to travel from Philadelphia to to San Diego. But trust me when I tell you it was worth every single penny both times for a lot of reasons, whether it be the swag, whether it be meeting with the um, meeting with uh, celebrities on the row. I met the cast of Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, which led to me meeting Mike Moe. You know, of course, he played Ryu on Assassin's Fist and then later on played Bruce Lee on, um, you know, Once Upon a Time in, in, in Hollywood. It's just, it's just amazing, man. Um, and then Jeffrey Thorne the next year after that. So 
So it's just been it's just been an awesome experience, and hopefully I, you guys will get a chance to get to do that again. I don't know if I'll if I'll ever go back to San Diego Comic Con. Like I said, it's 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 a it's a lot. It's a big investment, but um, it is just awesome. And then also shout out to um, my man Mega Ran who always does a panel at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, the hip hop and uh, comics culture. Um, cultures combining you know deal he did one last year when they did virtual as well they're having it this year they have it every year him along with a bunch of different uh hip-hop artists some you know legendary hip-hop artists last year the the virtual panel was awesome for them because they had actual uh actually had a uh, play from kitten play on that one they had D uh daryl simmons of dmc and they were talking about their experiences uh with comic books and how it collaborates with hip-hop and play especially because uh play has never been to any of these panels live before i've been to a comics and uh hip-hop and comics panel uh to see mega Rand and a whole bunch of other lars and all those other guys you know talk about the collaboration of the two and play has never been there he did one for the virtual one which was awesome because if you guys remember way back in the 90s when kitten play was like one of the hottest things on the, on the scene and i i dare say they they're still better talented you know guys than a lot of these cats out these cookie cutter cats out today they um had their own comic book marvel comics came out with their own comic book i remember i owned this comic book i remember liking it so much i actually used to try to draw um the actual cover to it because it was awesome it was really cool it was a short time thing but it was cool but they did it and he talked about that as well and i thought that was pretty cool so yeah they'll be back as well um i i'm gonna say pretty sure that mega is gonna be a part of that he's always there for the other ones but this is why i'm always honored to get to know this guy and you know for him to be the voice of talk time live the prime show every week <laughs> he 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 rocks it hard man god bless him and by the way he's going to be going on tour live again soon so go to mega man uh, go to mega to check out when that is and you know what uh city he's going to be coming to next and i know he's coming back down to philly so i may have to make a trip to uh the kung fu necktie again and uh check him out you know it'll be awesome so you know there's a lot of different you know you know panels in here uh, marvel comic i like go to comic uh go to comic-con.org and check out their schedule it is here it's just so much here uh crunchyroll has a panel funimation is going to have a panel uh as well stan lee marvel and rolling stones 50th anniversary just a so much so much content bandai event oh god the bandai event the hell are they going to talk about i've been to bandai namco's panel and it's awesome and i've been at capcoms as well and you know this is why i really one of the highlights of me going to um Diego comic-con is capcom it was the udon um the udon entertainment booth again which i love because i used to go there for yoshinori ono and the last one time i went yoshi yoshinori ono signed my nintendo switch he signed the commemorative um you know car you know, metal cars that um long vow actually drew and then on top of that i wind up you know having a doing hosting a panel with long vow and chamba which led to chamba and all of them over so it's just an awesome thing and that's why i also have that t-shirt that i refuse to wear again I, I i keep saying i'm gonna um frame that thing because it actually is a t like if you go on 
you go into uh, talktimelive.com or if you go into the ACG Facebook group, I do have pictures of me with Longbow and Chamba when I did the panel for uh, Keystone Comic Con. And they gave me this shirt, which has it's a shirt that they both have, you know, um, illustrations of the, of Rio and Ken that they drew on there. And it was really cool. It was perfect. It was a perfect shirt to wear for this panel that I hosted because it had both of their, you know, uh, illustrations on there, the two. So it was just awesome. I just, I just love how the world just connected on that and in there. So but, you know, go anyway to go on a website, check it out. You know, I know it's not going to be the live event that we want, but at least they'll more than likely have some great entertainment for you there uh for this week and you know it'll be awesome video games art and mexican culture interesting that might be something i might be interested in um what's new in independent comics batman along uh halloween part two mm, definitely duncanville love that show actually it's a really funny show i will say this kevin eastman anything kevin eastman or todd mcfarlane go out of your way to check out they are very entertaining uh whether they're together or not i just that was one of my favorite panels to check out on 2017 i felt that was what so entertaining those two are hilarious i do hope that he does not talk that todd mcfarlane does not talk about those my hero academia figures that he uh that his company came out with they are some of the worst figures that he's ever done i i was totally surprised and disappointed by the look of those things like if you've seen those things it's it just they were so bad they were so so bad like compared to like what bam presto has come out with the my hero um figures oh dude i don't know what how they even got how they got a contract done with that one but you know like i said plenty of different panels here to check out rick and morty of course is going to be there family guy is going to be there um yeah it's blade runner the uh black lotus a lot of netflix shows that are being planned to come out we'll be having panels as well so Go to, you know, comic-con.org and uh, check it out. So there. All right. The main event has arrived, folks. I, I, I would love. Oh, I already know what some of the ACMG Facebook members know about their uh, their trip through the season finale of Low Key. Now, it, the funny thing about this is that I took notice of this immediately even before I started the show. Is that it said season finale as opposed to series finale and i thought that was weird i thought that was a bit uh, maybe i thought that was a, a typo maybe a error a, a, an error on their part for saying season finale i'm like okay this is weird because every a lot of other shows falcon and winter soldier so far series finale not coming back um they're moving to the movies wandavision series finale they're moving to the movies this one season finale for some reason so Let's find out what's going on here. We start off with Loki and Sylvie ready to enter the door of the Citadel to meet the person who is responsible for the TVA in control of time itself. Apparently, they are at the end of time in this case. And after defeating Eliath or, uh, or enchanting Eliath, which is that clouded beast, they were able to go into the end of time and head into the Citadel. They are introduced by Miss Minutes, played by, of course, Tara Strong, who I was wondering how many times or which times not only we were going to see her character in here, but also to what extent this character is going to be here. So Miss Minutes is more than just a holographic being. I can tell you this. Miss um, Minutes, who tells them they are about to meet he who remains, 
who wants to offer them a deal that will allow them their return to their timeline without disrupting the streams where they can live the way that they want it. The two decline is, uh, this offer as Miss Menace tells them uh, she wishes them luck, the best of luck. Then we see Ravana Renslayer in the office uh, packing up things as she as it appears that she's about to leave the TVA. Um, and Miss Menace appears all of a sudden, giving her information uh, that Ravana requested. Now, let me tell you this. After watching this episode, I learned a lot. Shout out to uh, Comics Explained as once again, very informative uh, explanation of um, Kang the Conqueror and everybody that is involved in this episode and have the connections here. So now I look, I know I now know a little bit more about Ravana Renslayer and her connection to Kang. I know that also this is Marvel, this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So they'll take fragments from the 616 and make it their own. So I know there's going to be a major connection to her and, and Kang uh, at this point, but we'll see what not. Um, but Rinslayer tells her that this is not the info that she requested. And um, Minutes informs her that he who remains felt this was more than uh, useful. We return to the Citadel when the two slowly approach the door. And as it opens, we see none other than Jonathan Majors of Lovecraft actually appear for the first time uh, as we know him as he who remains which actually we all know from the media reports and everything that he was signed on to become king the conqueror or one at this time he's one of the variants of king i had a big debate and discussion with people with somebody on our acmg facebook group who claims that that's not king that's just somebody who's gonna i'm like dude one they're all one and the same and again, shout out to Comics Explain, who specifically said variants of Kang, and there's a it's a they're all Kang. Even if they don't call themselves Kang, it's a variant of Kang. We're going to see Kang, and even I don't want to go too forward, but it, it's Kang. <laughs> okay, he's calling himself He Who Remains, but you know, for comic book fans, that is a wink, wink, because we know full in doubt that it is Kang. He's even his his garb, his wardrobe, his 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 uh. What he's wearing also mimics the colors of Kang. And there's even a circle uh, in the middle and everything that just mimics Kang. So it is Kang, but has not just not called Kang yet. So the two enter the elevator with uh, he who remains at this moment, a.k.a. Kang, who as Sylvie attempts to try to kill him in close range. Um, he unfortunately teleports away many times, leaving her frustrated and angry because you know she can't she can't kill him she as of yet the elevator opens and he reappears at the other side of the room and invites them in they are slowly hesitant to enter as he serves them tea and discuss and uh, invites them to sit down as they discuss what is going on and what role he plays in all this we go back to the tva and where where we see Rinslayer once again still packing everything up and from there we see the return of mobius who <laughs> um who winds up actually you know just very pissed off 
<laughs> the fact that she's coming back. He has a rod ready to, you know, take revenge and everything. Brit Slayer apologizes slightly uh, while trying to explain why she did what she did. We then go into 2018 because Mobius tells Renslayer that, you know, your plan is about to be unraveled completely. And she tells him like, how, what are you, what are you, what have you done? So that's when we see a scene in 2018 where Hunter B-15 leads the agent into a school room where we find a variant of Renslayer as a school teacher to prove that Mobius and Loki, uh, what Loki and Mobius said about the TVA was true. So they're light there. They're bringing every agent into light here. Back at the Citadel, he who remains talks to them and tells them about the origin and how he knows all of and sees all. So I won't get to the origin part yet, but we'll revisit the origin thing again. Um, this was Jonathan Major's introduction into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just want to take time to mention that and to many fans watching and all you heard on social media this week was that this dude knocked this role out of the park and his performance was just outstanding. I mean, he basically, I, I think this was like a 30 minute, 40 minute episode. And a lot of the performance was just him talking in the Citadel office and explaining everything. And it just, in the way that they did it, you know, kudos to the director. Um, she did a fantastic job <laughs> this episode. It was just amazing. Now reports are saying she's not coming back for this episode. Let me give her some, let me put some respect to her name. Let me get, um, let me get her name real quick. Cause she deserves mentioning here. Creator, Michael Whedon. Bear with me, folks. Michael we Waldron is the uh, director, but here we go. Can you give the director IMDb? Do you look out and give me the... Yes, Kate Heron um, was the director of this. And uh, man, kudos to her. She, I think she's the director of all the episodes. Just amazing. I, you know, they, it was funny because people, there were already early reports saying that this was one of the best of the three so far and, and damn it's hard to argue it's really because it um, and it's hard for me to say that because all three shows were just outstanding so far we got what if coming next month okay and, and their plans of you know we don't know when hawkeye is coming but that looks like it's going to be insane um and then miss marvel's coming as well god jesus marvel studios what are you doing to us so yeah he knocked it out the park and that you know to the casting director and i god i i forget who that is too but she's i believe it's the, possibly the same casting director that casted everybody of every single marvel show and if it is that woman deserves a raise for every single time she does it she knocks it out the park this, jonathan majors we got the same in lovecraft on hbo max and sadly for some stupid reason this hbo max decided to cancel the emmy nominated series which is now going on apple plus for some reason apparently just that's a big loss i that dude hbo you, you you know you you should know better than that so i digress let's continue he goes on to question whether sylvie can trust loki and you know starts to manipulate that and whether she falls for that or not is a whole other thing we go back to renslayer and mobius as they argue about 
whether uh, everything that He Who Remains did with the TVA was ethical. The you know they also argue about their trust and loyalty to one another. Renslayer opens up the portal as Mobius tries to stop her, only to fail. She beats him down, <laughs> but decides not to prone him again, which does kind of make it does kind of say that she was regretful the first time that she did that. Um, and probably also that you know if he if she prones him again, he's only going to find his way back somehow. Uh, she decides not to prone him and instead go into the portal as she searches for her own answers. Uh, he who remains tells the origin of his story of his variants once working together in order to learn and evolve society within timelines uh, to make a much better future until evil variants of Kang tried to overthrow the variants and therefore trying to, uh, you know, for, uh, overthrow to those who were trying to do good. There go starting this this um multiversal war is what they call it he who remains talks or kang you could just say kang damn it uh kang basically talks about you know how he was able to harvest the beast alive to end the multiverse war and use its power to uh, do this and you know kill the war between the variants of kang and also creating the tva in order to restore harmony to the timelines he offers the two the opportunity to take over his position of controlling time and he explains the reason being is because he is old he is tired he's been doing this virtually forever and that sylvie and loki are the best fit for those positions he gives them a choice of taking over the tva or killing him and revealing that the truth that the tva um you know of everything that's been going on while disrupting the timeline forever he stops as he realized that these streams the branches have already crossed the threshold of time and things are just going to be screwed up from here now also remember that this is absolutely all leading into the events that will also be caused in dr strange the multiverse of madness so do take consideration that a lot of this that is stemming from that is going to happen there um the appearance of jonathan majors also may, will be playing a major part in the next um what is that uh ant-man and a wasp film which is uh what is quantums it's, it's based on a quantum something and that, that's going to play a factor because i believe jonathan majors is going to be a, a major deal in that movie as well so this is all this series is intertwining with so many major events that are going to be happening in upcoming films here and of course i will say this we now know how they're going to deal with spider-man because and i think that they're doing a great job dealing with spider-man this way i love it. it it i think doing it this way totally justifies how they're going to do it because we know spider-man uh for uh what is it no way home is coming we also know that spider-man there's been a lot of shots there's been of new toys that are coming out with spider-man having a new suit and with these new gauntlets or whatever like that and if you haven't seen it hot toys has a new uh toy coming out for the movie we also have oh, by the way san diego comic-con is coming out soon and um d23 i don't know when it's coming but that trailer that that um no way home trailer should be coming soon so states be on alert for that but we know that this is going to be the last movie for Spider-Man before he heads over to Sony, the Sony-verse. But this is a great way of 
with everything in the timeline screwing up, this is a perfect excuse and explanation of why he's going to end up in the Sony first. It'll still legitimize the universe that he has now with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But things are going to change so much that it, it will it it will allow the Marvel Cinematic Universe to do what they're doing and allow Sony to do it. So if anything happens crappy to Sony, we could blame the multiverse for it in the branching out. And, and we could blame Sylvie for this as well. So <laughs> this is just so awesome how they how they have always done this. They're just genius. So he, uh, you know, upon doing this, um, he then reveals that the timelines are crossing. He said that if he uh, if they kill him, then the multiverse war will begin again and he will just be reincarnated back again. Now, take note, and this is part of the argument of or the, or the discussion that I had with, you know, said person in our ACMG Facebook group is that saying that they are different versions of him. But in, if he's saying that he will be reincarnated, incarnated again, he recognizes that he will be back, meaning he is the same person. OK, so. You know, you kind of if he recognizes that he's been reincarnated when we see him again as Kang, then it is the same person. He recognizes himself as the same person. Sylvie rushes to kill him, uh, to kill he who remains, but Loki stops him and tells him uh, that he believes him and we need to think about this cautiously. Sylvie believes that Loki just wants to throw him, but Loki feels that there is much more to it. Loki pleads with her and uh, tells her that he needs to trust him, even though he is a person that has been untrusted for years. Um, whereas she's a person that she is uh, a person that can't trust because of what's been going on with her. Sylvie decides to fight him off and gets uh, in order to get to he who remains. But Loki continues to fend him off. She manages to get away from Loki only inches away from uh, killing him as he like the minute he just reappears right at the neck of our of the blade. Kang, um, he teleports her right in time just before he kills her. He continues to tell her that he doesn't want to fight her, which leads her to Sylvie kissing him. But also Sylvie does that to uh, push him off back into the portal, which leads him back into the TVA, leaving only her and he. He who remains awaits his death. He's actually more thrilled that this is going to happen. He's like, cause he's very confident. He does. He shows no fear at all. So she slowly, uh, so he decides to, uh, she just, Sylvie decides to stab him, kill him. He slowly dies. But before he does, he tells him, see you soon. If he's aware of this, that's Loki. I mean, that's uh, Kang. I'm sorry. That's, that's, they're recognizing him as Kang. All one and the same person. Sylvie has a look on her face like, um, that speaks of regret. As she looks, as she begins to believe that she may have made a mistake because she sees the time streams branching out even more and more and like just cataclysmic we then see the streams of time disrupt and branch into each other um it, which is funny because this is what the ancient one was explaining to banner <laughs> and back in endgame and you got to make sure that everything's on the right so you know this is all happening now we're seeing what the ancient one was talking about with the infinity stones Back at the TVA, Mobius and B-15 watches the events unfold on the monitor as Mobius says there's no turning back down. 
B15 says, who's turning back? Mobius then says, for all time. And I believe B15 said it as well. Loki sits and dwells um, on what just happened and then leaves the theater room to find Mobius. He noticed everything that's in chaos in the headquarters as he searches for Mobius. Mobius and B15 try to find a way to stop the time branching out. And Loki just meets up with him and says, they, they can't, there's nothing they can do about it. Here's the twist. Loki tells them that they need to prepare for uh, for everything that's about to happen and what they what he's experienced. But Mobius asks, who are you? Acknowledging that the changing of time is basically happening right now. We then see Loki turn around and look at the statues that was once the timekeepers, but no longer. As it, we see, he who remains as Kang of the Conqueror with the actual suit and everything. He has already arrived. That's when the credits roll. And at the first time that you watch this, you're in shock of everything that just occurred because it's like the it. this is virtually almost the same feeling that you had when Thanos defeated the Avengers. It was almost that type of feeling like, oh my God, the end is about to happen. This is this feeling that you have when you first read the original the original, this is exactly the feeling that you had when you uh, first read the original Infinity Gauntlet comic and you felt like, oh my God, are they about to kill off the entire Marvel cinema, uh, Marvel comic universe? That's how I felt looking at this episode. And I'm like, wait, this can't be how this end. This is not how this show end. While I'm watching this, I forget that the show said season finale. So I'm because I'm so immersed in, 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 in invested in this episode and everything. And I rewatched every episode leading up to this, too, by the way. So I got to see everything connect in and make sense the second time around when I binge through this whole thing. And lo and behold, the credits roll and I'm waiting to see an end credit scene or something like that. That's telling us something. And in fact, we didn't get an end scene um, as much as we saw an acknowledgement, an announcement. For the first time ever, one of these Marvel series is actually getting a second season. So this is not the end by a long shot. Um, Loki season two is coming. We don't know when. This is uh, this is a first for any of these series to get a, a second season. Um, this is awesome and it, uh, very unexpected. Pe threw people off. And I, again, the same person that I had a discussion with about these Lokis also had issue with the fact that they left us off with a cliffhanger and said that like he didn't like the way that this ended i'm like this didn't end they're having a season two this is not a conclusion this is not a climax this is a cliffhanger you can't compare this to that of the other two episodes because the other two episodes of our are officially ended they're not coming back this one still there's going to be another half of the season. And this is somebody who watches the Arrowverse all the time. And I'm like, how do you how do you hate what happened here? But we've seen stuff like this happen with the Flash, Arrow, all, and Legends, all that stuff. We've seen cliffhangers like this before. Great cliffhangers. So you you're you're making this as if this is a this is the end. No, this is not the end. This is only half. This is only one season. We're getting another half, so we can't give this we can't yet rate this in accordance to what we saw with the other two because we got to see closure with the other two we didn't see closure with this one they're leaving us hanging for more to come whether it's coming out this year i hope and i hope it does it i hope it comes out this year rather they already filmed this episodes this year we're going to see it maybe in the fall or or the winter 
or are we going to see this in 2022 as it leads into the other shows? I hope, I really, really hope that we get in season two of this year because people are going to be so hyped for this, regardless of when it comes out. But I would rather see it like sometime in the fall or the winter here, maybe before. Um, I don't know because again, Doctor Strange is coming out in 2022, but Spider Man is coming out at the end of this year. So, man, oh my God, did they leave us hanging here? Um, what a hell of a season. What, you know, in terms of the first season, that, you know, I got an A plus the hell out of the season, even though it's going to be more to come. They did a great job leaving us in suspense, making us wonder who's coming. We didn't know. There were people, shout out to everybody who actually did say Kang may be a part of this. There are a few people in our ACMG Facebook group. I, I would even say a couple. <laughs> that that said it was Kang. Um, it could have been anybody at this point. I mean, they, we just didn't know, but they made a great, great, uh, you know, suspect for this. And I guess to that extent, if you are deep into the Marvel comic universe, you will probably have known because Ron Renslayer is in here. So I myself never, I knew, I knew about Kang the Conqueror in the comics, but I never read the Avengers comics like that. I was a Spider-Man dude uh, to that extent. So I never really got it. Spider-Man never really faced King the Conqueror himself. That was one of the major characters that he never, the Fantastic Four have messed with them. The Avengers have messed with them, but not so much as Spider-Man. So, I mean, and I've read, you know, other books. I've read their West Coast Avengers, but I never, it never had the West, the Kang the Conqueror in there. But I've only known about Kang through the animated series and a few other series is that, uh, at that. Um, so I wouldn't known about Ravana Renslayer, but if you are a comic, you know, Marvel Comics aficionado and a hardcore Marvel Comics fan, then Ravana Renslayer would have given you the wink, the, the nod that it was King the Conqueror right there and there. Because in the comics, she's a major part of his deal. Like King the Conqueror, in comparison, could be like the Mr. Freeze of Marvel Comics because Ravana Renslayer is a, is a character in the books that he ends up falling in love with. So that is something that to be considered. So if you if you already knew that Ravana Renslayer was in here, then you kind of know who where this is all leading to in the first place. The fact that it's based on time and everything. So for those who have not, it was a big shock and everybody's happy because nobody was disappointed by anything about this episode. Just absolutely awesome. So you know what else is awesome? our talk topic of the week. So we're going to take a break right now, come back and talk about Space Jam, A New Legacy. Not only are we going to talk about how this show, how this movie was, but we're going to compare to whether this actually made the throne Michael Jordan's movie. So we'll do all of that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Charlotte Chung. And Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to... ACMG presents... Talk Time Live! 
Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Fight! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Space Jam, a new legacy. This is LeBron James telling of the Space Jam journey. And man, I was not expecting, I, I, I expected this to be good. I did not expect this to be as good as it was and how it was gonna top one of the most iconic movies of all time, starring one of the greatest of all time. Now starring another GOAT in the NBA uh, legacy. And my God, talk, a new legacy is appropriately titled for this. Um, I thought this was so enjoyable in so many ways. And I think a lot of that alludes to the fact that we're not only just celebrating the uh, legend of the Looney Tunes, but now everything regarding Warner Brothers. And this was just a celebrate. This was almost like a celebration of the triumph of Warner Brothers itself, because it the amount of intellectual properties that they now own under their umbrella is just insane. And this was just a very well telling of that. Um, this movie had everything for everyone who loves Looney Tunes, video games, and all things Warner Brothers. Um, let's just start off with the story. I'm gonna I'm not gonna go into detail of this entire movie, but I will go into detail of the first quarter of this and just leading into what's going on in this for those who don't know it is available on hbo max if you have hbo max you can watch it at the comfort of your own home or if it's uh if not it's in theaters right now and i will just say this go see it and here's why so the movie starts with a flashback from 1998 when lebron is about to play in a basketball game in a junior league basketball game uh for his school his mom drops him off and but unfortunately couldn't you know watch because she had to you know head off to work look i get it i feel that i'm all about that because you know shout out once again rest in peace to my mom she worked her ass off to make sure that my, my sister and i you know did what we needed to do to be where we're at right now so i i totally get it um it's hard you always want your parent to be there for you but you know in her and their heart of hearts that they're there i got a class ring that I still wear from high school because she used all of her entire check to buy this for me because she was so happy that I one was still alive to uh to make it through uh the four years of my high school yeah I I, I had a rough four years trust me um but also the how much faith that she had in me and how happy she was for me and she she you know had a lot of things going on her life so I I love this scene with her with um showing what they went through growing up you know trying to make it out there as well so it was a little it was a little scene a small scene but it was very valuable and i know it's very valuable to lebron as well um so we see him prepping and you know working the ball you know handling the ball you know when his friend malik stops by who's also a part of the uh squad as well and gives him the original game boy so we get some nintendo love in this thing he uh, look i saw this and i it really melted my heart because i had uh, I've brought, I have had the chance to, you know, own the game, the original Game Boy multiple times in my life. Um, I don't think I've ever had to pay for it. I don't remember if I ever had to pay for it. I don't know if it was just a trade-off, whatever, but I owned it. I owned the cartridges. One of my favorites to play was like the Spider-Man games, the Ninja Turtle games and stuff like that. So, and one game that he actually had in here, which I played on the NES, the original NES, 
Um, but they did have for the Game Boy. So Malik gives him, and which was, look, shout out to Malik, because Malik just gave it to him. And if you had one of those one of those friends like that, yo, you 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 gotta stick with that dude forever. Like, cause that person will always be there. And shout out to my boy Pat Javier. He was he, that dude was my golden, he was my brother when my brothers weren't here around. And he would do stuff like that for me. Um and I and it was awesome. And I always wanted to repay him back, and I did when we got front row seats to WrestleMania 15. <laughs> and I still look out for him. And I'm trust me, I'm going to look out for him this year as well for his birthday. He's been through a lot um, this year. So he's definitely getting something coming. Um, we see him prepping, you know, for that. And he gives him the Game Boy because and he says that because his father brought him the new Game Boy Color. So, you know, it just was a hand me down. What is a bad hand me down either? Because the Game Boy Color was awesome, too. But the Game Boy at the time was still great. And like I said, I talked about this on uh, my Select Star podcast. Nintendo always still looks out for Nintendo games that even though they're moving, transitioning to new stuff. So LeBron is so immersed in the game because he's playing the classic Bugs Bunny game. I used to play this game. I love the original Bugs Bunny game. I played the, the original Nintendo Entertainment System version. And I remember that fondly because I beat the game on my birthday. And I remember this too, because I used to record before that we had the opportunity to record on PlayStations, on PlayStation 4s and PlayStation 5s now, you, and Xboxes and all this stuff, you could record your gameplay footage. We had to do it through VHS. We had to connect the VHS player to the actual Nintendo Entertainment System. I know some people remember how to do this. And from that, you used the, you connected the audio video uh, cables to the uh, from the Nintendo to the VCR, giving you the opportunity to record your game footage on there. That's how I used to do it back in the day. So I would record the Bugs Bunny game and all my footage on VHS, all my game footage on there. And I had some classic stuff on there, um, Guardian Heroes and, and Mario and all this stuff. But Bugs Bunny, I remember this fondly because I beat that game on my birthday and it was awesome. <laughs> I remember that. I remember it for sure. So this right here was nostalgic to me that they were playing this game. LeBron plays an okay, you know, he. the bad part was about this, that he played this game. He got into this game when he should have been focusing on the basketball game. And this was like a really big game for the team. His coach comes in and, you know, yells at him, says like, what are you doing, man? Keep focusing. Oh, and he snatches, he literally snatches the game, the Game Boy from him. LeBron plays an okay game, but you know, missed the most important shot, which is the shot that could have won the game for the entire team at the end. So we didn't go later on to see the, um, that the coach, you know, talks with him one-on-one. He doesn't berate him. And I like that he didn't. He just said he's not entirely mad that they lost the game. He's disappointed that he was distracted by playing video games and that he could have been a bigger deal. That he could be a bigger deal in the future and the future basketball because of how he plays. Now, this scene was interesting to me because this was the 90s and this was late 80s 90s and this was around the time when and i just you know it's funny about this i just talked about this on my 10 year anniversary video about how like i i said that i don't like basketball and that is true but i don't hate basketball i am very familiar with basketball i do play basketball video games especially the ones like wacky ones i love wacky sports games other than like simu simulated sports games but i doesn't mean i don't know who the players are i like some of these players are so huge it's hard not to know them you know so you do recognize 
I recognize the Dream Team from back in the 90s way more because they were absolute superstars back then, like Patrick Ewing, um, Charles Barkley, you know, um, uh, Tim Hardaway and, and all the cats that like just they were superstars. Like, like a lot of these, I think they're more superstars back in the 90s than there are now um, that were just like, oh, you know, crossover fame, mainstream at best. Um, you know, you had Magic, you had Kareem at the time, Dr. J, like all those cats. That was, that's who I grew up with. But I knew about these cats, but it doesn't mean I really like, I, I don't play the actual game itself, but I know enough of the game to you know. I've been to a few games myself, but at the end of the day, that's not my deal. And I never wanted to be a basketball player myself, but I appreciate everybody who does. But I didn't also like the fact that the ideology of our, of our community, if you're listening outside of the country, our, our ideology in the community, the stereotype is that every black person was going to be a basketball player or a rapper, you know, to some extent, or even, a, even a football player or some athlete athlete. It's, it's just crazy. And I never wanted to be that because I have a, you know, I, I have a, you know, a prodigy skill, you know, at an early age, I learned how to draw and understand perspective and, and, and stuff like that. And just managed to fine tune it at this time. So it was really interesting that the coach kind of pointed that he, you know, this kid had a uh, enormous ability to play basketball and get his family out of, you know, the situation that they're at now and have a better future for them. For him, for LeBron, that's cool, but you can't give everybody that type of situation. LeBron is something special. He truly was something special, obviously. Uh, and from that point on, you know, every, not everybody, Want, you should want to pursue anything that you want, no matter what color you are. You should want to be a doctor, lawyer, whatever like that. You should want to marry a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> but back then, it was like, it was the ideal, the ideology, the ideal is that, you know, athlete, basketball player, hip hop artist, and, you know, unfortunately, drug dealer to some extent, you know, or weed dealers to some extent. So, I mean, that was the stereotypical ideology that I never wanted to be about. And in this case, it worked for LeBron. He became not only a great basketball player, he is one of the greatest of all time now. So, and LeBron decides after being, you know, feeling disappointed about his uh, performance and hearing, talking to the coach and telling the coach said, you gotta be more focused in this. You can't focus on these video games. And they also take note that back in the eighties, a lot of adults didn't see value in video games in this take note to this take note to this because this is one of the things this is one of the key things that they focus on in this movie and that was the idea so lebron decides to throw away a really good quality game boy and throws it in the trash <laughs> and we then see from that point on we see a sequence um the intro which is a sequence of lebron's highlight careers that leads him into you know the goat status that he's in now take note also what i love because they show one of the clips of lebron saying i will not just shut up and dribble and that was from that controversial situation of one of the sports com the white sports commentators just racist racistly you know from a racist standpoint saying you know don't talk about politics stay in your lane just shut up and dribble that was probably the most insulting thing you could ever tell anybody it, like as if he shouldn't have a mind and i'm glad that they brought that in to remind people that that happened okay so that that was awesome we then go into the present and we enter into lebron's big ass home <laughs> as 
his probably one of his big ass homes. I don't know if that's his actual house either. Um, I wouldn't. I don't understand why wouldn't it? Because he actually legit has a home like this. But we see one of his of uh, you know really beautiful uh, homes as we see his son in the court. Um, well, we see his son in the court uh, with his older brother and his younger brother Dom. They're playing. You know, Dom is playing a video game. His older brother is uh you know playing ball and practice the older brother asked dom if he told lebron about the e3 design camp that he wants to attend now here's the thing i had no idea that it was a thing um i didn't know that there was such thing as an e3 design camp and if it was how long did it exist and why haven't i decided to go there <laughs> i think that is awesome i gotta i never took the chance to look that up to see whether it is a e3 design camp but you know i got the internet right now so let's see i the fact that they added e3 into this was very awesome and weird at the same time e3 design camp oh, look at that They're e3 design architectural interior is this e3 no this is not e3 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 design group no this is i don't i think that was fictional i i just literally looked up e3 oh wait e3 design group no i'm I typed in group or Google typed in group and it just can't, can't. Let's put that here. E3 camp. No, still nothing. There's E3 camps out here, but not E3. Design. All right. So that was basically a fictional thing, apparently from think, think Google. It actually searched for me. So they have this, this, this fictitious, I can now say fictitious e3 design camp but it's actually from the company e3 that just did the e3 you know um virtual deal that recently which was actually one of the worst e3s of the year if not ever <laughs> so it's weird that they advertise e3 for this as e3 is going through some weird things right now with involving companies not wanting to be a part of e3 this was really odd timing <laughs> for this but we got a an appearance from E3, the company that brings us the one of the biggest game companies of the year, uh, the game events of the year, I should say. Uh, and, you know, Dom wants to uh, attend this camp because lo and behold, he's creating his own video game. He's 12 years old. And this this genius of a kid, this young black genius of a kid is creating his own video game that he created called Dom Ball, which is a a over the top uh basketball game this is the type he, he made the type of game that i would love to play like he he made a steroid version of nba jam <laughs> and it looked awesome and i wanted to play it so bad and he's already done you know he's already done some live streams of it and you know people are already creating their own avatars and whatever like that and it was awesome so the older brother, the older brother asked if he, you know, joined, if he uh, told his uh, father or LeBron about the design camp and whether he wants to attend. He said, no, he said, just do it and, you know, and just do it and just rip the bandaid off and just ask him. And Dom says, you only do, you only say that because he gives you whatever you want. But LeBron is the type of dad that just, you know, because he is LeBron James, much like Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. He wants their kids to be more focused on you know what he wants and what he wants to make his sons he wants to create a legacy of sons that are playing basketball or involved in something basketball to decide to play each other uh you know and lebron 
catches him slacking off. Dom slacking off, that is, uh, when he's playing. He then tells him that he is not focused enough. Um, and Dom says, you know, come on, we just having fun. And LeBron says, look, when you are here, it's not about fun. You're here to work, you know, because he's in the same mindset that the coach gave him back then. This makes um, Dom upset and LeBron is not interested in what he wants to do. And this is one of the key things as well. So one of the one of the focuses of this is that to LeBron growing up, like at the time when we all grew up, video games was said to be a nuisance. It wasn't a, there was no value to it. It actually messes the brain up the same. It's the same argument that they had for comic books back then that they're having for video games now. But now we're all learning that video games have become a more lucrative thing for kids because there's now esports and these esport uh, athletes are now getting paid enough money to pay off loans and buy houses. Okay. So <laughs> that is one of the key things that we're going to learn here in this movie. So uh, we then go to Warner Brothers Studio where we see the server room of Warner Brothers. Can I say if Warner Brothers have a, a server room this huge, they should be ruling and running the world. This, I know this is past to be an exaggerated version of their server room. At the same time, I know they would have to have a server room so big that they could create a movie like the one that they made for this in the matrix and all these other movies. This, I, I, I'm really interested as a person who, who has a degree in computer science and web development. I, if anything, I, if I was a tour, the Warner Brothers studio, I absolutely would love to see their server room because if it's anything like this, they should be running all internet. Okay. So basically not only do we get to see the server room, but we get to see what is called the WB server verse. Um, this is where the server verse reside is in this big server room here. We, they should be able to power every single game development company in every single studio in the world with this server room. It's just crazy. We see a digital character who goes by the name of Algorithm. Hey, look, you know what it is. It's Algorithm. Okay. I like it. It's cute. It's very cute. Played by none other than John Cheadle, the war machine himself, who wants LeBron to work with him and their new. Now, this Algorithm is a highly super intelligent algorithm that is able to think on his own, to plan on its own and shoot up and just happened to choose who he wants to be. And he just wanted to be a black guy who looks like Don Cheadle. So I'm happy about this. I'm, I'm all good with this. Um, but he wants LeBron to work with him on new projects on a new project that he, he's putting together called Warner 3000, which will allow LeBron to be scanned in and be in everything Warner Brothers from movies, video games and much more. Uh, this means LeBron can be in a new Matrix as himself or he can be on Mortal Kombat. So basically, LeBron denies this offer saying that it was he wasn't feeling it, that it was whack. He wasn't about it. Um, Dom, on the other hand, was digging it. He understood the technology. He was he was very uh, intrigued by it. This we also I must say that we this was a, an appearance from this was a appearance by uh, Sarah Silverman and uh, who else was in this? Um, my man from um, The Walking Dead. Give me a second. I 
forgot his name. Um, it's Glenn from The Walking Dead. Let's just put it like that. We uh, he's it's Stephen Young. That's who it is. So Sarah Silverman and Stephen Young are like playing WB executives in here that are trying to marketing executives that are trying to convince LeBron to be a part of this Warner 3000 that the algorithm, the algae rhythm, you know, provided and presented to him as president, you know, providing. But they are such suck ups that like more Sarah Silverman is a suck up in here. She was hilarious in here. So whenever she she first agreed with algae rhythm and what he was doing and thought it was awesome in a minute lebron said like gave it a hard pass she was like i knew it i that's exactly what i was thinking it sucks we're gonna cancel <laughs> i, I love i love that line when she said we're gonna cancel algae rhythm out he's officially canceled <laughs> put him in a cancel culture <laughs> so um this made algae rhythm very mad and begins to seek revenge by manipulating Dom's, um, LeBron's son, Dom, and challenging uh, LeBron into a virtual basketball game. He brought both of them into this world. And the game, um, basically, he's got them into a virtual basketball game where the fate of the tunes being deleted and the fate of others who were sucked into the uh, serververse may stay forever if they lose this game. He tells LeBron to pick up, uh, pick a team and sends him into the Warner Brothers universe. We see LeBron falling into different universes. It could be the uh, DC universe. We see the Matrix verse, but it just so happens that LeBron falls into the Toon world to find his team. LeBron finds none other than Bugs Bunny who works with him and recruits a team of Toons. Virtually everybody that we saw from the first one, except for Peppy, you know why, <laughs> to help uh, win the game and save everybody. Now. I thought that the premise of this was awesome and how they were able to bring LeBron into this, how they were able to, you know, revisit the Toon world and everything from it. And not just the Toon world, but everything. Because Warner Brothers run pretty much acquired everything that is not Disney and Marvel in this case. And there were there were so many great moments. I mean, so many great moments. So I'm gonna just run down some of my favorite moments of this movie because there were a lot of them. I, I, I had to change up the format of how this was because so much has happened in this movie. It was insane. Um, but I love the premise of this and I love the way they handled everything. Take note also, uh, let me figure out who, let me go to IMDB again because I want to give credit to everybody involved in the, in the behind the scenes of this. It's just spectacular, man. Uh, let's see Here we go, Space Jam and Legacy. Because I know Ryan Coogler had uh, his hands in this as well. Um, Keenan Coogler was, did the screenplay. Uh, Joe Taylor did the screenplay. Uh, Michael D. Lee was the director. But also Ryan Coogler, uh, you know, of Black Panther fame, also had his hands in this as well. I um, believe he was the executive producer, I believe, uh, at Source. They, that's what they uh, said in the... Um, in, in the trailer and the trailers or whatnot or the credits in there as well but keenan coogler i believe which possibly has a relation to brian is on here as well yes because he was the he was part of the additional crew to um black panther as well in creed uh which was involved which coogler was involved in all that so um he did have his hands in here but it was just which means it was predominantly black produced in here and i thought that was awesome and it was very well shown and very well represented in this movie 
as well. So there were some really cool scenes in here. One, the scene where LeBron talks to Dom about, um, you know, he does have a one-on-one about him and he does see what Dom does with his gaming and everything. And um, with, with the Dom ball is what, you know, his brother, his uh, son called it. Um, so something happened where the game was glitching and it erased his character. LeBron tells him that there will be setbacks in your, in your, uh, in your come up in life and you got to keep pushing no matter what i love this because coincidentally this was exactly what i said on my 10-year anniversary video you know i went through a lot of setbacks myself um there are a lot of challenges but the key to it all is that it's inevitable you're gonna have to embrace it and that's the only way you're gonna get through if you take it on it doesn't hurt as bad if you're if you're running towards it if you're charging towards the challenges and the setbacks it, it it really it really lightens the 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 pain of it all you know because you expect some sort of a setback and you just got to say okay what's the next move that's it and after a while the more times you go through it the more times it doesn't hurt as bad and in fact you only lose if you don't know how you lost keep that in there too so i love that scene for that um we also had the first half of the movie which was all in classic animated I don't know if it, I doubt if it was hand-drawn animation, but it was 2D animation. And then in the second half, we pretty much seen it all in beautiful 4K 3D animation. And let me tell you, out of all the movies that I saw so far from HBO Max, for some reason, this movie in the four in the 4K really stood out in this movie more than anything. Like it, it was just absolutely stunning on my TV. <laughs> Samsung in the house, boy. They, they really showed us, uh, showed itself. One of my absolute awesome favorite moments is seeing the cameo of Rick and Marty as they deliver Taz over to Bugs and LeBron. Take note, shout out. You heard them at the uh, beginning of the uh, show or the uh, or the second half of this um, segment. Red Tadashore, the voice of Taz. Boy. This man, love him. Absolutely love him. Honored to be able to host a panel with him. So the scene where they uh, made us uh, believe that Michael Jordan was coming too. That was my absolute. That one I was, I was screaming. I, the first time I watched this, I was, I was howling at this because I didn't even, it didn't even, I, I didn't even think about it at first. And they even, and they even played the, um, the, traditional theme music the entrance music to to michael jordan and the chicago bulls and here's sylvester coming in in the back in the second half of the game and they say we found we found him we actually got uh, michael jordan to come in and the music is hitting and all of the tunes and lebron is like oh my god did they actually get michael jordan to play this to come in to help us only for it to be none other than actor Michael B. Jordan. And I rolled out laughing at this. This was, I totally didn't even think about Michael B. Jordan in this case. And I forgot, like, this dude is name him, his name have to basically just the same name as another, you know, really famous Michael Jordan out there. And that was just one of the one of the things that was great about that scene, too, was one that they did this gag, you know, paying homage to the first movie. And then second, 
that they did reference that they were that all the tunes were involved in the same movie over 20 years ago with Michael Jordan and, and the second time that this happened it was like one of the two times that they mentioned it Bugs mentioned it a long time ago saying like so you want me to you know basically you know gather up a team to face a must you know a a a, a, um, a fate of the world type of game or whatnot or something of he said of that nature and he was like this sounds familiar <laughs> so they do at least I like the fact that they didn't totally cut away from the events that happened over 20 years ago with the first movie that they are connecting it that they do recognize that they were involved in it so i really i really appreciated that um there was another scene the scene where bugs and lebron go to the dc universe dressed as batman bugs ba dressed as batman um lebron dressed as uh um, robin to find superman in the justice league only to find daffy dressed as superman and porky tying up a train conductor to create a heroic scene we also get to see a scene from mad max involving Roadrunner and Wally Coyote. Thought that was awesome. Uh, we also uh, the scene. We also get a scene with LeBron and Bugs in the Matrix world where they find Granny, played by Candace Milo, AKA the voice of Dexter's Laboratory or Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory and Speedy Gonzalez, played by one of my favorite comedians of this era, Gabriel uh, Iglesias, who I'm sure was very happy to play this character. And he, he did a great job. He did an absolutely great job playing this character. So he dressed up and they had both of them were dressed up like Neo and Trinity with uh, Granny doing all of Trinity's iconic, uh, you know, bullet time moves and everything. It was awesome. <laughs> there was another scene. There's a lot of scenes, people. By the way. There's another scene where LeBron is surprised that Bugs knew who he was. Bugs telling him that he watches him on TNT while having a handful of TNT in his hand. I thought that was very cute because Warner Brothers also owns the TNT network as well. <laughs> So that was, this was just, just the way that they put this together. What they did with this movie, I wish the DC film universe would have done. I feel like this is, this is one of those Marvel way of doing things. Like DC needs to really look at this and see like how you can really make the DC universe happen. Because they do it for the damn animated uh, series. They can't do it for this. We also see appearances from uh, other NBA and WNBA athletes, Anthony Davis, Sue Bird, Damon Green, Diamond uh, uh, Lillard, Lillard, if I'm pronouncing that right, Deanna uh, Tarasi. Um, of course, I mentioned we saw Sarah Silverman. We see Stephen Young and another surprise appearance from uh, Gerald Black Jesus Johnson, who played Black Jesus himself on uh, Aaron McGregor's uh black jesus i thought that was awesome he played a security guard in there so that was pretty cool um and many more appearances as well uh we see ernie uh ernie johnson who's a actual nba commentator and announcer with little rel comedian little rel appear in the movie to commentate the movie which was very funny i liked their their chemistry together because they had had a little bit of that that holy moly type of uh you know chemistry there so if it God, if you guys have if you guys haven't watched Holy Moly, if you're in the states and and, and watch Holy Moly, my God, that is one of my favorite shows to watch. Um, in the U.S., there's a, it's, it's a really crazy miniature golf series for those who don't know, for those who are listening that are out of the country. Um, and it is just one of the funniest things. They kind of take a bit from like Japanese game shows, where it's like all these wacky, big, elaborate over the top type of you know objects obstacles that they got to go through but um it's like 
American Ninja Warrior versus Miniature Golf. It's pretty like that. But they had this commentary team of Don Riggles, um, who's a, one of the funniest comedians and comedic actors out there. And uh, it's just hilarious, man. Just outstandingly hilarious. Go out of your way to check it out if you haven't watched it. If it's on Hulu, you can watch replays of it. It's worth watching. And it's uh, Stephen Curry is also the, the guy who put all this to put that show together. Um, so uh, it's go there. But I digress. Uh, Lola Bunny played by uh, uh, Zendaya. And I'll talk about that later because I was a little bit wary of Zendaya. I love Zendaya. I love Zendaya. But when it comes to Lola Bunny, I was a big Christian Wig fan. Uh, who played her on the Looney Tunes um, show, which was like a, a more adult situated comedy uh, starring the Looney Tunes, which you could also see on um, HBO Max. And Kristen Wiig played a psycho chick, uh, like a psycho chick version of Lola Buddy. It's hilarious. So I, I was a big fan of Kristen Wiig playing that role, and I was hoping that she would play the role again, but they gave it to Zendaya, who plays a completely different version uh, version of it and I, again here's the cool part about this is that lola bunny actually debuted it she premiered the first time we ever seen her was on the original you know um was the original uh space jam so this is actually you know a follow-up to her playing it now so instead of her competing with the tune squad she competes in a trial of amazons headed by wonder woman she's in venice <laughs> okay and who plays the voice of wonder woman none other than rosario da dawson who is reprising her role as the animated uh version of wonder woman and she's played wonder woman in a lot of the movie versions of it so it was great to see her reprise the role again it was perfect this was actually probably one of my favorites of the you know recruiting scenes here because you know lola was total badass and Daya did a great job playing her and it was cool. It was a really, really, really cool moment. They even played the, um, the, 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 the intro theme to Wonder Woman from the Gal Gadot movies as well. I thought that was awesome. Um, they also pay, um, I didn't write this in my notes, but they also pay homage to, in a DC, um, scene, they pay homage to Adam West in the, uh, old Batman series as well. So I, I got to point that out too. Um, uh, it's just so much going on in this movie. Um, I mentioned the server room, so I don't want to talk about that anymore. The tune, and then there's the tune versus goon squad. Uh, there's no monsters this time. There's just the goon squad. I like that they did that. And after watching this game, like I said, I want to play Don Ball. I want Don Ball to be a real game. I hopefully Warner Brothers is listening or people are talking. I want to play this game. This game was awesome. They, you could just virtually do anything in this game, and it, it just you know it took the game of basketball and made it better in my opinion. Like 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 Dom said. Um, just seeing various characters from some of the most iconic Warner Brothers movies in the audience was awesome too. We got to see um, Danny DeVito's Penguin. We got to see the clown from It. We got to see Agent uh, Smith from The Matrix. I mean, if you just look around, the Flintstones, the Jetsons was there. You, the Yogi Bear, Boo Boo. You just saw a tremendous amount of different characters from various movies throughout generations all and this one thing the iron giant and king kong um it was it was awesome uh john cheadle playing algorithm uh basically saying king kong ain't got nothing on me and king kong is out in the audience he's like he's puffing and puffing it's <laughs> kind of angry and also a nod to i believe another warner brothers movie which was um training day which uh 
you know, Denzel Washington, you know, it was one of his Oscar winning performances was on there as well. And then also the credits scene, um, the credits showing the Looney Tunes in various current events, including Porky. Um, oh, I, first of all, I gotta mention that Porky Pig hip hop battle. That was insane. Okay. Here's the situation with that. I knew that that scene was shown all over the internet and all over social media. I chose to opt out of watching it because I wanted to watch everything in its entirety. So I didn't want to be spoiled by anything, whether it was good or whether it was bad. So I I decided to wait to watch the actual movie to watch this. I'm glad I did because I was totally blown away. I don't know who wrote the, the, uh, the, the ROMs for Porky. I didn't realize that Craig Max new flavor in your ear. I think that was the remix version that they played on air and they called him notorious PIG and dude, he ripped it. That dude, look, I was done. I was so done by that seed. It was awesome. Everything about it. it wasn't what I liked about it is that it wasn't a generic. And again, this, this is the power of having people in a community produce this movie because they're not going to make it cliche or cookie cutter or whatever like that or generic like you would see from a a movie produced not by a person uh, by black people i, I mean it, it just it was just awesome it was appropriately improperly done right um it was just it was fantastic and the craig mac you know the big craig mac uh tribute right there with that and the notorious pig and all the stuff and it was just great. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, but you know, seeing you know Porky with Travis at the end, uh, in concert with him, we we see Granny fighting with Ronda Rousey. <laughs> that was awesome. Bugs with Bill Murray playing golf, and then we see Bugs again with uh, LeBron wearing the iconic suit with the shorts, with the dress uh, slacks shorts in there too. I don't know what they call them, but just awesome. Uh, standout performances in this though too. Um, LeBron, as much he in in the movie, he joked about how athletes and movies don't normally work. I think that was great to, you know, to put light in that. But at the same time, I got to give LeBron credit. I think they, what they did with him in this movie is that they accentuated the positives and hit the negatives. No, he's not the greatest actor in the world, but they utilized him to the best of his abilities. I thought he did a great job doing what he did here. Um, in the same fashion that the way that they did with Michael Jordan. And when he did, because Michael Jordan is also a, not a actor at all. Um, I think LeBron did better in, in terms of being comfortable with his performance uh, than that too. But um, they both did really good. But LeBron did, they they utilized him very well for his role. Don Cheeto was just awesome. Don Cheeto was just, Don Cheeto is Don, is Don freaking Cheeto. That's what he is. Okay. <laughs> Don Cheeto can do it all. And I got to see the other movie that he's in too. Um, on HBO Max as well before that goes because that looks awesome as well. Zendaya, I got to give her... I, it's Zendaya. Why, why Why did I even doubt Zendaya? I love this performer. I love this actor. She does a great job. Um, whatever she does. She's just awesome. And she did really well as Lola Bunny despite the fact I am a huge fan of Christian Wiggs' version of Lola Bunny and the Looney Tunes show. I thought this was a very appropriate version of her and you know she was a very pivotal moment a, a point of this because she was probably the strongest player in the team next to lebron and maybe next to bugs um probably even better to bugs to be honest like they they she was the mvp 
of the team. But I thought she was really well done here and they felt they showed the importance of her character and how she tied into the original Space Jam as well. She was the reason why, you know, they kind of won the last time. You know, she was a big focus on the last game and they made her a big focus on the, in this one as well. Uh, Cedric Joe as Dom. I thought the kid was great. Uh, I thought the kid was absolutely great. I thought he did a great job. But I look, I, I felt like I lived vicariously through him from a lot of ways. Being a kid who's the father of LeBron James one to a kid who decides to want to be a video game developer. Three, a actor, a kid actor being in a big budgeted black produced movie like this. Okay. And just, just awesome. Um, Laurel, I got to give a little, little, uh, honorable mention to him too, because the, the little line that he put in, like, you know, when, when, um, they were trying to figure out like, what is going on with these new styles, points, roles and everything. He was like, no, this is video game roles. This is, this is, this is a whole game. Then he looks at the camera, like breaking the fourth wall. I'm like, see kids, you can, video games can be valuable. So to that extent, and it was like, that was the key. That was the key to this whole entire movie that don't doubt video games. Don't doubt kids, especially black kids want to be video game developers. I say this all the time. We need more kids of color out there doing a video game thing. And it, it all, it's awesome that they, you know, represented this in here. I thought it was a great, great job doing this. And Chris Davis, uh, who plays Malik in here, he was funny as too. He had his moments too, very funny in here. Um, you know, especially when LeBron and Dom was missing and they were trying to find him and everything. He was just, he just became the comedy of relief for the whole thing. So overall, my goodness, how can I not get that? I, it, I, out of all the HBO Max movies that I've seen so far, from Kong versus Godzilla, Mortal Kombat, Tom and Jerry, um, I'm sure I'm missing something in there too. Um, but oh, Wonder Woman 84, um, to me, just as for me, not trying to influence anybody, for me, take it for what you will, this is by far possibly the best movie I've seen so far of all the HBO Max movies that they provided us from the time COVID and pandemic started from now. This was just absolutely fantastic. I love everything about it. Does it top the original movie? I'm going to say yes from a lot of reasons. One, because they were able to evolve it in so many ways, bring it into the 3D generation, do think a lot of things that the original couldn't do, but the original one was groundbreaking. And I think they were able to do even supersede that and make it even more by bringing it into the 3D realm. And the budget that they put in for this is ginormous. I talked about the last, not this week's episode of Select Start, uh, when I, cause I reviewed, um, ah, what did I review? Oh God, I'm so stupid. I reviewed Monster Hunter this week, but the uh, week before I inter I reviewed um, my first movie on Select Start, which was based on Dynasty Warrior. And I made a complaint about the green screen effects and how really choppy and, and you know, it, it just looked off to me. It didn't look like they were in there. Oh, this is, if you compare that movie to this movie, you could see a clear difference in quality and money and budget because that movie looked like a old school, you know, in comparison, it looks like it looked like an old school budget Kung Fu flick from that. We used to watch at any afternoons after like cartoons and wrestling and all this stuff in comparison. 
you could tell a lot of money has been spent on this movie because when they went even when they went 2d or when they went 3d it didn't matter it looked like they were all in the same world that is a huge step and a i guarantee you a major major i i i haven't seen the budget for this i gotta believe it's gotta be in 100 mil gotta believe it, it fun for one thing lebron's in it in a whole budget the budget for the the cgi the budget for the you know um acquisition of talent in here they spared no expense to make a beautiful iconic black film okay so produced predominantly by you know a black cast and a black crew loved it absolutely love this um yeah there was so much to this and then and the fact that it's not only involving the looney tunes um you know franchise but it's involving everything warner brothers this time with the main focus it being the looney tunes of course and then the goon squad i like the goon squad a lot better than the than the uh, monsters which we did get to see a glimpse of the monsters because they were they took a camera to them and showed that they they lost you know the the, the, uh, the tune squad won again and i thought it was really cute bringing them back in um but my goodness i enjoyed everything about this i laughed from start to finish this was an amazing, amazing film. And if you haven't seen it yet, go out of your way because yes, I love the first one, but this one did supersede it in my opinion. So if I give it a grade, the way I've been talking through this whole entire time, you best damn sure I'm giving it an A plus. So there you have it, folks. That will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. Thank you all again. Thank you for not only the 10 years of being in the viewfinders identity search and design but the six years within it that is acmg and that is talk time live the podcast i can't thank you guys enough this has just been an awesome road and thank you to all our listeners and our our new listeners as well uh we're constantly getting new listeners every time and it looks like we're going to be doing i'm going to have some great 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 news by the end of this month uh judging by things that i'm seeing right now so stay tuned for that but um again i'm working on our next guest coming in soon um we're just we're still working on times and dates but if you're let's just say i'll just put it i'll just give this clue right now if you're a dc fan a dc comics fan you may want to stay tuned for this so uh, i'll just i'll just leave it at that but he uh this person definitely wants to uh definitely do it. we're just trying to find a great time because time is money in his world and he is very busy but he is looking out for me again <laughs> so stay tuned for that uh but also i mentioned next week that um a lot of things are coming out a lot of things are coming out this week so i might i might have actually two reviews or i may depends on the situation because not only is snake eyes the um snake eyes gi joe origin is coming out in theaters but on netflix next week which it makes sense because this is the beginning of San Diego Comic-Con week. Masters of the Universe should be coming out this week as well. The Kevin Smith version of Masters of the Universe. You saw the trailer, you know what's about, you know what's going to happen. That's coming out this week. So um, there may be a two review show <laughs> next week coming out for this as well. Uh, we also have uh, a lot, all the news going on that's going to be happening. So I don't... I don't know how this is going to be because San Diego Comic-Con this week uh, is, is coming. So Friday, there's going to be stuff to talk about. So we'll see. 
no doubt we'll be getting some major news from some things coming out this week in, in accordance with San Diego Comic-Con. But also, you know, Sunday is usually the slow week, so I probably, if, it depends. Maybe Sunday I will do the show, or I may have to wait till Monday to do it, so stay tuned for that, because... San Diego Comic-Con usually has some big news, but it mostly falls on Friday and Saturday. Sunday is usually when things wind down uh, with that. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. But do possibly expect a Monday episode as opposed to a Sunday episode because this, this the information that comes out is usually major. So, plus my review of Masters of the Universe and then, of course, accordance with that uh, G.I. Joe Origins as well. Then next week for Select Start, the video game podcast, I am going to be reviewing Ease uh, 9. Another Ease, damn it. It's Ease 9. Uh, Monstrous Knox, which uh, came out for the PlayStation last year, and it's on the Nintendo Switch this year. So I'll be doing that. Hopefully we will get uh, to play... Um, what is that streets of rage for the the dlc i did see on twitter that somebody that uh in the in the canada region they finally got a patch for that so hopefully we will get one soon for the u.s uh switch version i'll be able to play that and you know give a, a review on that one as well so maybe two reviews for select star too but then the week after that does next week for video games is going to be a big week because they are um what is coming out uh, Samurai Warriors 5 and Neo, The World Ends With You come out that week. And one of these days, I'm going to review the actual anime because I'm just, I'm just holding out for the English cast. But if I have to, I will watch. I will probably during that week. If I don't get it that week, I'll probably review that as well. So stay tuned for that. But uh, no shortage of content to talk about this summer. So stay tuned for all that and more. You can go to our website, our official website at talktomlive.com. You can find our podcast episodes, our exclusive video interviews there. You can also find in our media page where you can watch all of the recent Repop Metaverse uh, series of panels that I did with the cast of Bleach, Sailor Moon. Uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. I believe if you go on my LinkedIn page, or, I'm sorry, my, not my LinkedIn page, my Linktree page, which you can find on Instagram at Dexavier underscore Josiah. Uh, or you could go on my Twitter page too at Dexavier Josiah as well. My Twitter page it has that as well. You could go on my Linktree page and you'll find the Anime Week. You could actually watch the My Hero Academia cast panel and the Pokemon panel that I did on there. And the Naruto trivia panel should be on there as well. So, um, you can find all that. Maybe, you know what? I may add that to, for better. I may actually add that link onto talktonline.com. So stay tuned for that as well. But you can watch that there. You can go on the blogs and read my new blogs on some things that I've reviewed and some um, look backs at some video games. I'll have more down the line for that as well. But there's a lot of content right now for you to watch on talktonline.com. So stay tuned for there. For those who would like to subscribe and download on your favorite podcast platform, I got you covered. You can check out this show on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple, uh, I'm sorry, TuneIn, Audible, uh, Pandora, Pocket Cast, and of course, Tumblr. Shout out to my Tumblr community out there as well. So anywhere and everywhere you want to hear all things anime, comics, movies, and games. So folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying learn to let go, 
live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out here. Take care and have a great week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.